You know that song, Hoppo's Song by Phoebe Snow? Because that's the song you named Hoppo after, right? He's half French-Canadian, Hoppo. All right, Tony. Make fun of a boy because of his name. I wonder what's French-Canadian for. I grew up without a mother. Ooh, fucking hurts every time. Uh, welcome to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 62 episodes of The Sopranos, and it took them 62 episodes. What with murders? That didn't matter. What with uh, Mario carting people down? No big deal. Cheating on his wife? Who gives a shit? This episode made me uh, hate Tony. <laughs> I Tony is now a monster to me in this episode, um, the 62nd one. But who put it together, Jim? This episode, entitled Cold Cuts, was written by Robin Green and Mitchell Burgess. We've heard those names many a times. They're Sopranos mainstays. It was directed by uh, Mike Figgis, who's a new name. He This is the only episode he directed. He did direct the movie Leaving Las Vegas, starring uh, Nicolas Cage and Elizabeth Shue. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and blame him for the weird freeze frame uh, transition wipe in this episode, which... Uh, earlier in this podcast when we were discussing another episode, I made reference to this where I was like, oh, wait till you see a transition. For some reason, I remembered it as being in the last episode. I don't know why I remembered that, but I don't know why I thought it was in the last episode, but I've always remembered that stupid moment because I don't understand why it's there, but I'm sure we'll get into it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that one I'd blocked out until you mentioned it just now, uh, but I did actually, I looked up who directed this because... The, what, the way this episode starts, the the, sh- the way it's shot has such an intensity uh, and speed and the way it's edited, um, it was like, camera moving in, camera moving in, let's do this and that. And I didn't think it was a bad thing at all, actually, uh, but it did give me a sense of like, holy shit, this is like, shit's gonna pop off in this episode, because they've done that before where they're like, building and building the intensity. Uh, but here they did it for another purpose, and I think it worked quite well. But yeah, I actually have no fucking clue why they did that thing that you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because as you said, it does start out with, um, yeah, people, what, they're on the docks, they're waiting for a shipment, I guess we, we learn that it's some Vespa scooters or something mm-hmm. like that, they don't show up, uh, Johnny, it's, you know, things are heating up with New York, because Johnny Sack, yeah, Tony vouched for Tony B in the last episode, uh, Johnny Sack seemed like things were copacetic now, but now he, he has some comments you know, hey, sometimes things don't happen. Like your cousin didn't shoot peeps, and you know the the Vespa scooters didn't show up at the docks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's this next scene is um, uh, very kind of intense as well. The way it's put together, and and like I said, the editing as well from these initial scenes, it's like bang, bang, bang. Um, but yeah, he I I didn't realize this uh, until the end. But he he does mention that like port security's all locked down because uh, Al Qaeda and that, and that obviously comes back at the end of the episode. But Johnny Sack actually says that yeah uh, here, <laughs> so that's his excuse. But obviously they got him in anyway. So, um, but yeah, oh, he just well it, just... it cuts from him like in the car, yeah, saying like, oh, your cousin did whack Joey. The Vespa's never arrived, and then it's like vroom, car driving off, and the camera moving like fucking crazy and on Tony there. So that's one of the moments I was talking about. Yeah, I was just going to call that out too because, yeah, it like zooms in from behind the Maserati like right on the logo as he's speeding away and then it cuts right up to Tony's face and it's like, uh uh-oh, shit's about to go down. Then we cut to a soccer game. Uh, Well, shit does go down (laughs) in this soccer game. You got to give him that. Yeah. Um, uh, Janice just uh, goes at one of these other soccer moms who, in fairness, is quite rude. Well, and and I think one of the great things about... uh, what's been going on with Janice is that like, even though Janice is still Janice, uh, even at this point when she's still Janice, we've seen that being with Bobby and his family is like rubbing off on her a little bit. Cause at yeah. least she kind of means well here. Uh, because it is that like, even, you know, Bobby says later, like, you know, she called Sophia, her daughter, and she's kind of trying to rep for her family. I mean, she's doing, the doing it the wrong way but uh at least like it seems like it's coming from a better place uh and yeah i mean before we even get to the end or some of the stuff with tony throughout this episode uh there was a question i want to ask you i mean this episode for sure but even 
going in through, through like season four and season five, in my opinion, I kind of talked about this as we we're going into these seasons. Tony is like a different Tony from Tony season one through three, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't yeah, think you'd see, see you. Not that it's completely out of character. I feel like it's earned. Like we, we I kind of get where, why we get there, but I don't know if it's just because it's early in the show and you don't want to make your main character. Yeah, you make him a murderer, but you want to make him likable. Uh, mm-hmm. But you don't want to make him like a complete piece of shit. Or it's just they always planned on like having this evolution. But I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think this is a different tone? We wouldn't have seen this Tony in an earlier season. I mean, yeah, that's kind of like... I wasn't joking when I said at the end of this episode, I was like, oh, uh, fucking Tony's the worst. And because there's a malice in it that, and and because you can see where it's coming from and why he's doing it, it, it kind of makes it worse in a weird way. I don't know. Uh, It's like they managed to do this and have him act this way. And we can see where that's come about and why he would do that. And that's great when a show can pull that off. Some shows don't. Um, But like, yeah, it, it does feel different. I don't think, and uh, maybe it, it's a bit. I mean, it's been over a year there since I I watched uh, the earlier season uh, or seasons. But but yeah, he always seemed like I'm a reasonable guy. I have a I have a temper and I have a mistress. But like, I'm just trying to like run my business. And yeah, I like violence. But like, that's my big big thing. You know, my big bad thing. But this actual sort of. Uh, real malice is, I don't know, something different. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I completely, and I think I've seen, I've seen David Chase kind of argue against this a little bit because uh, I think even in, in the Soprano Session book, they kind of call this out. They try to ask him like point blank, like, was there a conscious decision to make Tony worse as the show got on? And he kind of defends it more that he was always this way. And I guess there's some truth to that, but yeah. I feel like it really like uh, Tony. I think there's just a there's a definitely a switch when you go from season one, two, three, and then when you start with season four, things change a bit and get yeah, I guess more miserable <laughs> as they go on. But then we also have him like taking Tony B under his wing, feeling really guilty about what happened to him, elevating him to a high status, even though he did something bad. Which I feel like in an earlier season he would have maybe I don't know. Uh, put him out to pasture like obviously not with their history but that type of situation and that's also driven by his weird sort of guilt and negative feeling and and rage or yeah depression is rage turned inward and all that like that's all driven by that as well so we can see where this is coming from so i don't think yeah i i mean i think we're just maybe seeing more of him being this unpleasant but it was probably always there (laughs) true true uh so yeah back to the soccer game what i also kind of like about this janice moment is that yes janice takes it to the to the you know the ultimate level or extreme level here but i like that this this other mom that she gets in a fight with is kind of almost janice like she almost would be the same uh but you know she's the one that does push first she gets pushed back and then they fight and she's like on top of her punching her uh you know it's not modern age where people just have it on a cell phone but someone does have a camcorder so they do catch it and it's a viral video somewhat where she makes the news yeah yeah and uh it would have been a good story anyway but then the fact that she has connections to the mob is like oh yeah this this is gonna go on the news and it's gonna be a real issue but even so before that uh tony's already annoyed i mean as we saw at the very start of the episode he's annoyed about the no vespas he comes into the office this is satrielli's uh they're playing poker as always uh Polly and and silvio and this guy whose name i forgot it was gonna do the thing with the vespas or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah i think it's so like carlo i think it's carlo or something like that but yeah yes that sounds right um so yeah it, they're, they're sort of talking about how he's getting awfully cute with his remarks uh <laughs> johnny sack as as tony says which is true and they speculate well it's just weird that um you know you had your little chat at the funeral whatever that was as silvio says and then suddenly no vespas hmm weird yeah um but yeah i think he, he gets a call from carmilla telling him uh that janice uh, got arrested <laughs> and he watches the thing on the news which has a oh the thing on the news i i even forgot about until this very moment but there's a psychologist on it wasn't he great 
Uh, yeah, wait, what does he say? Yeah, because they're, they're just kind of like making like wisecracks and stuff about like the mob, right? Yes. And, but I don't know, it was just, he, he made me laugh so much because they're, they cut to the psychologist who's sitting with his fingers steepled together and he has this tone about him like, Sir, psychologists are finding certain individuals are particularly prone to rage. And it all does touch oh, on the theme yeah. of the episode, but and then it just it, made me laugh. And then it also cuts to Tony and, and it's almost like a cartoon sound effect of a thing breaking because <laughs> yes. he gets up, he's like, motherfuck, like it's right after that. And then you hear like a yeah. cartoon sound effect. Of a of a dish breaking, so yeah, he's just freak. He's geeking out because of the news. <laughs> Almost any inconvenience will set them off. <laughs> uh, and plus the yes. the quick shot of when she's trying to run away and the cop tackles her. <laughs> oh yeah, that's real. Like that's like um uh like super bad or something. Yeah. Like that's that's one of those movies kind of joke, which is really funny. Um, but he obviously they live next to each other, so he doesn't have time to cool off on the drive with some nice road rage. He just runs mm-hmm. over, thumps the door, gets in there, and uh, chases Janice around, basically yelling about how he's on the TV again, which is very sort of valid. And and I think she's talking about she's gonna sue the city or whatever, yeah. and it's like no, yeah. no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. No, you're gonna let this go because yeah, she's talking about her wrist or something, uh, and, and then. Tony does have a crack about. She says something about killing someone, and it's like, well, oh, that was that yeah. was great. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> what a great moment when, um, what is it? He says that. Uh, let me just find the exact line that she says. Uh, that that Tony's on anyone's side, but his, hers, and that bitch is lucky I didn't kill her. Yeah. And Tony kind of leans back and goes like, "Well, we know that." And I think it's. <laughs> I I was so with Tony in that moment because it like. Uh, Bobby's not barely in this scene. He's like a ghost, but then he's he says this thing, and I, I he, there's no way he's thinking that Bobby's there, or or even I don't even think that he's trying to like make Janice uncomfortable by bringing it up. It's just like his immediate reaction, and then it's like, oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how I read it anyway. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I I agree with that, and then um then he yeah, but th- and it's almost like he realizes or remembers that Bobby's there because then he turns yeah. to Bobby and he's like, you know, control your wife. Uh, and then he walks out and uh, Bobby Guyton goes after him and says, you know, it's uh, it, kind of what I was saying, that it seems like it's at least coming from a good place. Uh, you know, she called Sophia her daughter. Although then we see in the next scene, she's like ready to <laughs> like snap on Sophia for kind of uh, being embarrassed by her and saying that, you know, you're not my real mother or whatever she says. Yeah. And in comparison with the last scene here, even though he's enraged uh when bobby says that he called sophia her daughter he's like i don't give a fuck and then he's like well all right i do give a fuck but you need to control your wife (laughs) so that's kind of like a sweet moment almost uh when it comes like at least you know for tony it's a sweet moment um and like you says uh, she goes into sophia's room she's she's up reading late and um yeah uh, it is like she goes, "You're not my parent," and I, I don't know. Did Janice do anything super bad in this uh, scene? Because no, I don't know. but she kind of like she she snaps at her a little bit, and then Bobby kind of comes in and he picks up on it because uh, like the energy definitely changes, and and it is just a little yeah. kid. I know it's a mean like little kids say mean things to adults that they don't understand, but you're supposed to be the adult, uh, and that's when he he tells her that she needs anger management because. You know they had a they have a happy home and it's not there's this tension uh, and there's this vibe with her around uh, yeah. that she needs to fix and in a way like it it is she's still kind of sympathetic even though like Janice Janice kind of goes back and forth a lot uh, as far as yeah. the character is concerned because you know she's like a scam artist and she was like the Livia fill in initially when she came. But we also know that much like Tony, she came from the Soprano house household. So in a weird way, it's like somewhat out of her control. Uh, so you do kind of want to root for her. And that's what makes like where the ending it, it is. Like you said, you're like, fuck you, Tony, you piece of shit. <laughs> 
cut out there for oh, a sec. Sorry. sorry. Um, yeah, just about that very scene where where she's in the bedroom. I was even like, I, you're totally right. There's this vibe, and that's enough for Bobby's sort of ultimatum there in the next scene. And I do believe him when he says, "There's this weird feeling in the house now." But uh, in that moment when she says, "You're not my parents," um, she, Janice only says. Uh, I'm here, and I try to care very much, or whatever. Uh, so that didn't feel like a, an overreaction to me. Uh, but yeah, it still all adds up. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, and yeah, so it basically comes down to, as we're going to see, that Janice needs to take some anger management. Uh, from there, what, is that when we have Chris and... Oh, no, no. First, it's Chris and Polly at the casino. Yeah. Uh, and then Polly gets to be like, ha ha, now new teacher's pet. Now you need to see how I feel. Uh, yes, which is kind of fair because <laughs> cause, uh, we have seen Christopher like uh, throwing shit around his kitchen because he, he does he's not the teacher's pet anymore. So it's actually like that's why Polly was being a fucking dick to you, got, dude. <laughs> and that's why like you're being a dick to Tony B as well. You can't switch it off. You're just resenting it. And Polly's just kind of loving it. Yeah, because they're kind of, what, guessing how much he might be pulling in a night there. And, yeah, you know, this, uh, the jealousy runs runs uh, thick. Then we got Chris yeah. and Adriana looking at wedding cakes. Tony pull. I mean, this whole episode is Tony ruining everyone's life. Like, through like because <laughs> he pulls up and he's just being obnoxious, honking the horn. He won't stop. And, I mean, they're clearly, they're having a nice moment. Like, it's kind of almost rare sometimes to see Chris and Aid happy. Because usually Chris is complaining or he's beating her up or whatever the fuck is going on. Uh, And they're having sweet moments getting ready for their uh, wedding. And Tony pulls up and starts blaring on the horn. Yeah. And we get laid out the the plot of the episode, basically. He talks about, like, our friend with the orchard. And I'm, like, trying to put together what the (laughs) fuck they're talking about, kind of. I mean, it it all becomes very clear what's what's going on. And I I thought it was going to be... and not not the guy he killed in the first episode. I thought it was going to be uh, someone else. Who do I think it was going to be? I forget. Do you think it was going to be but, Ralphie? Uh, oh yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I thought. Um, but uh, because I remember them with the digger and that, and yeah. like, was that was that also in the orchard or was that somewhere else? No, because I thought the same thing. And then I was just reading something on it, and they're like, no, that was at uh, some other farm or whatever. Uh, yeah, it just seemed yeah. that if they have a farm, they gotta go to to <laughs> yeah. b- dig up buried bodies. It's like, no, no, this is the other farm we buried dead bodies at. <laughs> uh, um, but he gets the mission and uh, says, that "You're gonna go there with the, with the Tony B." And he doesn't want to. He wants to go alone. And there's a, there's not a great vibe there. Tony picks up on that as well. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Then we see Chris talking to Adriana about it, and and like, it's it's uh, nice because it it does reframe just even just the previous scene of them sitting in the front seat and him in the back seat yeah. and giving him orders. And now, you know, w- we've all had this, whether it be. When we're growing up, we're the older cousin or the older brother. Uh, and then when, like, no one's around, you're being nice. <laughs> and, then, and then when the other older yeah. kid's around, now it's like, all right, you're going to be mean. And we've been the other – we've also been the younger brother or the younger cousin wanting to be with the cool kids. Uh, and when he tells the story of how they tied yeah. him to a tree uh, for an initiation, <laughs> and he's out there till like, 3 in the morning or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, it, it, it also kind of refreshes that they keep calling each other, you know, cousins and whatever. And Adriana explained like, this is how Tony, no, Tony's related to Carmilla and blah, blah, blah. I still don't really follow it, but this gives some context to that because whenever they're talking about family, it's usually their mob family and it's like, not this stuff. But now this is like, clearly like, no, this was real family stuff. And the fact that he had a relationship to Tony B before uh, Tony uh, B went away, it it never would have occurred to me if not for this. So this all adds a lot of dimension to the growing up of all of these characters. Yes, yeah. And then... uh, uh, Oh, well, does this have the moment? (laughs) Actually, yeah, before we move on, this has the moment where Adriana brings up the, you know, maybe going back to writing or being a male model. Uh, (laughs) And then (laughs) Chris is like... Yeah, you know, I'll be, I'll go back to writing from a place of great wealth. And, you know, male models, yeah, I'd be great at it. But, you know, I couldn't stand those people. Like, it's such a great, all right, dude. Yeah, you'll be a, you'll, you'd be a great male model. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean the 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 writing from a place of great wealth. Yeah. Given that he is earning money, I mean that would actually make sense, uh, mm-hmm. unless if his girlfriend wasn't an informant for the FBI. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the male model uh, <laughs> line made me laugh a lot because he's like so assuming, like yeah, I'd probably clear house or whatever, but I wouldn't want to be around those people. Yeah, those douchebags. Uh, uh, and he, he does end it with like I'm a soldier when you're gonna get that she's obviously trying to like pull him away from all of this so that she doesn't have to make the ultimate decision of how this is gonna go cause even going into witness protection or whatever uh, he wouldn't come with her at this point it feels like so yeah and um, and also I mean this isn't like I, I mean Chris is obviously isn't the brightest bulb but I feel like we've seen her a, a, a few times come to Chris and be like, yeah, what if we just like left? What if we just went away? Uh, and it's, and it's kind of like an interesting visual because the scene ends on, uh, he's got his hands like around her neck. Like, and it's Mm. not, I mean, it's not in like a malicious way, but it's also not that like loving to me either. So just a weird little, uh, little visual cue there. Um, and then we have, oh, Tony goes to the pool, <laughs> his favorite thing to fuck up Carmela's day. And Carmela finally smartens up and drains the pool. Uh, she's got a great excuse for it, too, because she's like, yeah, it costs money. And you're not like, I mean, I guess he's still giving her an allowance, but not as much as from what we're gleaning. Uh, yeah. But it's just clear yeah. because she doesn't want this piece of shit uh, in the pool all the time. Yeah. And yeah, and, and he comes in and he has this rage. And it's like we've seen... Like several times, I guess, uh, in this episode, or we will see several times, that he, he's so full of anger, but he kind of, yeah. And also, this scene made me think about just breathing, like which you mm-hmm. we always like. It's always a prominent character in the show. On yeah. a, uh, like you know, they they say a setting can be a character. His breathing is clearly a character mm-hmm. uh, in this scene. Um, but also, he he kind of cools down on his own, which isn't very super common. Um, but it talks about are we going to throw them a, an engagement party and. Mm-hmm. He, he tries to say Finn's a good kid and, you know, we were that age. They're not that young and ends it with, like, holding on to the basket of laundry or whatever and saying that it wasn't all bad. Oh, yeah. And, and then let's go. Yeah, because he kind of storms in mad. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, he's putting his pants on and he's all, like, in a in a huff. But, yeah, he, he calms down on his own, which is kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, it's not super uh, common for him, yeah. to be honest, <laughs> as we see in the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, then we have the anger management class, which is fun because it's obviously a bunch of kind of weird, interesting people with anger issues together. I mean, this could be a sitcom. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's eventually, like, I mean, uh, initially she's just cutting in and like being super selfish, and I'm surprised people don't start yelling and screaming at her. But I guess they have more experience of these classes. Uh, and there's the one guy who quotes a line from like a '70s. Uh, commercial or something like get their bikes off the lawn judy or whatever <laughs> and uh, uh i i do want to call out that chandra wilson is the black actress in the scene she's uh, uh surgeon bailey on Grey's anatomy for all my Grey's anatomy fans out there she's been on it for since day one so shout outs mm. to that absolutely and they get to have like the end conversation where like Janice is not really listening and then she lays it out in language that she can understand saying that no it's just like uh he's saying that whatever other people do they're not giving you feelings you're giving yourself feelings and you that means you can control it sort of thing yes yeah yeah and it's interesting cuz the i mean uh to go back to the soprano session they kind of question Janice's motives and like how it would be like if is she playing another character here where she's being a better person by the end of the episode because it seems like it would take way more therapy to do that and i guess that's a valid thing but it's almost to the point of like it doesn't matter like uh like to me i just buy it and i get you know maybe that's uh them just because they have to set up this dramatic moment at the end that she's you know making strides in a in in progress but also, that just happens. That can't happen. Someone could just try to be a better person, and then you know someone else can be really mad about it and try to stand in your way. Well, it's it's a fair bit later, but we do have Janice and Tony in an earlier scene. I mean, before the ending, where she has been to like two classes, and she's already like so about it. Like it's the best <laughs> thing that's ever happened to her, and, and yeah. she's been in twice. But the progress she's doing, yes, maybe she is playing a character, but I think that's also the whole point of 
that type of therapy that the way you behave I mean that is <laughs> I've talked about cognitive behavioral therapy and how Tony should be doing that instead <laughs> uh, but the way you behave is going to influence the way you feel uh, even if you don't feel differently you can just start behaving differently and you will start feeling differently so she's obviously forcing it but that's part of it like yeah. if you just force yourself to take these actions you will start noticing that your thoughts will change your feelings will change and just the way you behave is at the center of everything so if you can control that and you can then it means you can make huge changes in your life now she is like it's exactly the same thing she does when she's like way into christian music all of a sudden she's True. totally yeah. into it so i believe that part as well <laughs> only this is way more healthy than getting into that so uh, i'm all for it yeah yeah absolutely uh, and I think it's because, like, uh, sorry, just final yeah. thought on that. I think it's because we see her at the start and how negative it is for her and all of her family. That makes it so much more heartbreaking at the end when Tony just has to tear it down because he doesn't have that or yep. he can't. He doesn't feel like he can do that. And he wants to prove that Janice is as bad as him, which makes it so much more malicious because like her marriage is on the line and it actually could get so much better here. And Tony hates that. Yeah, he doesn't. He wants everyone to be miserable like him. Or at the yeah, very least, yeah, because at the very least, like it just it just reflects poorly on him. Because oh, if someone else can do it, why can't I do it? No, they're just yeah. like me. Uh, then we have yeah, Chris and Tony B uh, heading up to the countryside, um, and yeah, Chris is like a little annoyed. Tony's putting his feet up on the car. Uh, we hear about um, they're just doing some small talk. Uh, Tony B talks about how Ichabod Crane they used to call him that. Some very sorry people, because uh, he was he was afraid of Sleepy Hollow, I guess. But he also does have an Ichabod Crane look, so it is like a weird thing that they nailed. Um, but yeah, I, I it's like I like these moments as it built, like the relationship between these two build, because Chris is obviously, you know, a little bitter towards him, and I think we start to see Tony B the the Tony B IQ we've been hearing so much about. Uh, as we see, he kind of like works people in a weird way because he completely mm -hmm. works Chris where he gets to the point of like, I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but when he's like, uh, yeah, Benny was complaining about you getting the casino. I told him, <laughs> I told him you deserved it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, I mean, it, it's also just very simple in the way that it's exactly what Christopher was saying from earlier, which is. Whenever Tony B wasn't around, Tony Soprano was really nice to me. So indicating that he was usually alone with Tony or had the two of them. So he always saw Tony B as the guy who came in and made Tony Soprano be awful. Yep. But it's the dynamic thing. So now that he's alone with Tony B, he's actually the guy who's nice and pushes him along on his bike or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then what? Yeah, we have Tony and Melfi. Uh, did you discuss you and Car making love? Uh, I forget what Tony kind of even gets into about this, but she's just asking about that, asking about his depression. This is where we hear about how depression is rage turned inward. Um, I think Tony well, says he... revenge is like serving cold cuts here at one point. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Which is the name of the episode, Cold yep. Cuts. Um, it's, uh, he brings up Janice. Like, so obviously last week and Melfi's trying to do this, like she's like... She's like us checking in once a week, and we're like, "Oh yeah, do you remember that thing?" And the and the Sopranos is like, "No, no, no, this is about this now." Um, so that's kind of what Tony does when she tries to talk about like the big revelation and almost having a panic attack in that. And Carmilla and you, and he's like, "I haven't really thought about it." And he goes into what's going on now, which is his sister and and rage and that, and that's how they get into the, like the Soprano temper uh, and. How he says that the the good old mobsters they just smiled and nodded and they were calm and they made sure you got it later if you were like not great, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and he gets the great line as well, yeah. Uh, and she says uh, that you have an intolerance for frustration and he 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 just talks about like thank you for holding your call is important to us and like talks about how everything is bullshit in society and I mean we all feel this from time to time but he feels it a lot. Yeah, yeah, he just goes off. It's just kind of like a selfish tirade, which he kind of goes, he does again later when he's yeah back on the Al Qaeda thing, uh, yeah. where and, and he wants everyone he wants everyone to feel how he feels in the particular moment. So since he's upset, everyone else should be upset. Yeah, and he says eventually. I mean, he comes down and says, and I think this is pivotal as well that uh, Janice, like, okay, maybe she's on the right track. 
maybe maybe this is a, a good thing actually um but it wouldn't work for me i wouldn't do that but he does admit that he's exhausted all the time just from being agitated yeah yeah uh then we oh we're on the farm we're on the orchard uh they're having a, a, a nice serene outdoor dinner um with uh yeah tony b and chris uh and yeah i guess the reason why they have to do it at night is because this lady that's here i'm spacing on her name right now uh tony calls her fat later for, for no reason <laughs> yeah uh, but because they have to wait till she gets up and then they start trying to figure out where the bodies are because they need to get uh emil or emil the the guy that chris killed uh back in season one and then a couple of johnny boys uh bodies are up there somewhere as well yes exactly and so this guy first i was like does he not know either but he starts thinking about where they might be buried and um yeah then we cut to them actually doing the hard work of digging them up and this is when they start you know bonding a bit telling some jokes about tony which is you know, fun because uh, you can't do that with everyone, and so they they get some of those jabs in, and then they find a skull. Hooray! Yeah. Um, and he says, "This was my first, and all that." Yeah, and then they intercut with uh, a guy being chased down the bridge because yeah, it's another thing where a, a, some innocent guy. I mean, I guess he's probably not fully innocent because he's like involved with one of the families, yeah. but he's the collateral damage because uh, you, you can't just go after uh johnny or one of his guys you got to beat up this uh coast guard guy uh to find yeah, out a great run on this guy by the way lots of flaily <laughs> arms on, on him uh and even when he's backing away like come on guys and uh, they they uh crack his uh ankles a bit with this bat and he eventually spits out that uh they just uh they came and got it new york has the scooters yeah. Uh, then we have them, they're smashing up the bones, Tony B and Chris. Now, the director did say, I guess, in the commentary, uh, this is in the wiki, by the way, that um, he points out this scene where Christopher and Tony Blundetto dig up the skeletal remains of a man Christopher knew and killed. It symbolically referenced the famous York scene in Hamlet. I feel like it's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, you know what it referenced for me, uh, especially being in this barn uh, this is Buffy smashing yes. the master's bones. Did you also think this? <laughs> Absolutely. Just... No, totally. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. Because they're in this barn, like, this is obviously a very different total thing, but, like, just putting, having these bones and smashing them with a big fucking hammer, being in this big barn, it's fucking right out of Buffy. Uh, Buffy smashing the master's bones. Uh, go watch Buffy. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, this is what I was kind of talking about earlier, where, you know, Tony B does kind of try to, like... I guess not really bond, but make it right with Chris in a weird way where he's like, yeah, you know, hey, we're joking about Tony, but, you know, I love him uh, and I care about him. And, you know, I know people probably probably upset because I got the casino, but I feel like I did a lot for this family and I earned it. And it does. I mean, it completely cripples Chris because he's just like, yeah, you know, I was telling Benny the other day uh, that he was complaining. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then they go throw the bones in the lake or whatever. And it's like. Or I don't know, see wherever they are. Um, I always feel whenever this scene happens, I'm like, is this more safe than where they just were? I guess they just kind of toss them in from the pier. But then who's gonna drag them? I mean, and once they're all smashed up and everything, uh, should be fine, right? Yeah, I'm sure it should work. Although we did talk about how someone tried to do the Ralphie disposal of a body when they killed someone and it didn't work out for them. So yeah, <laughs> maybe no, don't get no. your tips from the Sopranos. Absolutely. So, um, so next scene is Tony. Um, you know, he has the confirmation now. Oh, this is great. That uh, that the scooters and that uh, Vespas aren't his. Uh, what did you find great about it? Well, it, I just love the line of like, I guess we're not getting that provolone <laughs> next week, <laughs> and he geeks out like again, like he is. He's he's showing the theme of the episode because his rage does take over, and he starts smashing sh- uh, like his pool cue or whatever but it's just so great that he's so angry over provolone cheese (laughs) yeah and i i thought like i thought it was gonna calm down here 
But uh, we get to see that in his scene with uh, Janus that he goes against his instincts. But here he he definitely doesn't. Like, even though he just talked to Melfi about how it's like all this agitation isn't doing him good, the good old mob bosses were all chilled. And they were like, if you were in The Godfather and this happened, you'd be like, you'd just nod and maybe have a cigarette and then like someone might die later. <laughs> but no, he, he just goes totally bananas. Oh, yeah, and then we have Carmilla runs into her, uh, uh, AJ's counselor there that they had a fling with, and uh, she just kind of wants to shut it down uh, because he references how she left angry, he wanted to call, and she's like, oh, I'm getting back together with my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she walks away to a freeze frame and then a side wipe. <laughs> yeah, I need to rewatch this right now because it was so fucking absurd. Um, I mean, oh, I guess it hangs, it hangs on the moment of her, like... She is doing like almost like a gym from the office, like, ooh, what did I just say? And I guess maybe they wanted to accentuate that or something, but... Or maybe it's like, <laughs> we have to speculate a lot to justify this. Maybe it's like, that's the end of that relationship. Or maybe she, it's just like she dropped a fat-ass line and like turned away, stormed off, and it did, usually would go like, down, 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 boys are back in town or something. But instead, I think it's total silence as well. It's just kind of... Like she walks away in slow motion as yeah, well. It, it turns starts, to slow motion yep. and then she freezes. Yep. Yeah, it goes slow, then she free it freezes. And then Have it, has anyone like tried to explain this? Did you read about this in your Soprano sessions, Jim? They they kinda they reference they just reference how like this director, like it, 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 it's like a weird style stylistic choice, but they don't really get into what it might mean. So I don't know. I, I should look into it a little bit more on what people Oh, wait, actually, hold on. Freeze frame. It is a Google suggestion. Uh, Sopranos <laughs> freeze frame. What was with that freeze frame? <laughs> Felt like I was watching a 1990s era Mentos commercial. I don't have the DVD, so I don't know what was said on the commentary about it. What's the deal? Uh, let's see. It happens right after Carmelo runs in the admissions guide, AJ School. Correct. Uh, I hate it so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one would watch this and go like, wow, great choice. If memory serves, the commentary doesn't even mention it as it happens. Very strange editing choice. Uh, it was so out of place, I thought my Chromecast connection was interrupted. <laughs> uh, the director of that episode was also not one of their usual team. He's the guy directed Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, this is good just for the goofs. Uh, yeah. But, it, I mean, they have done... Didn't they do, like, wouldn't the flashbacks in that? It would do weird shit and, like freeze frame, black and white, star wipe. I don't even remember, but I reacted to that as well. Yes. So I would say he's not outside the framework of what they've done on The Sopranos, but still, it was it didn't make any sense to me when they first did it either, and now they're doing it in present day without a, without a flashback or anything. Yeah, because I remember it was in one of the flashback episodes where they did a strange thing like that, and that's when I brought this up. Um, although uh, some people here, this is on Reddit, they're talking about it. Uh, Figus... The director claims he didn't know anything about that transition uh, <laughs> and that maybe David Chase or someone else threw it in. Um, yeah, so it's weird. I guess it is kind of like, what the fuck? What is that about? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, it all depends on the production, but the director wouldn't necessarily have final cut. So someone did this. Who did this? <laughs> <laughs> Who's responsible? No one wants to take responsibility, huh? Yeah. But we're going to find out. We're going to Reddit direct. Yeah. We're going to be detectives on Reddit. We're going to find them, dox them, and put them where the fish sleep. What is it? Was it your cousin? Did your cousin put the freeze frame in my episode? That's why, you know, Johnny Sack always starts low and fucking goes high. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um, yes, yeah, so speaking of um, our cousins, um, like this is, we, we get to see in this episode, because we go to uh, Tony B and, and uh, Christopher and the old man sitting by the lake drinking some wine, except Christopher's not, which they comment on. Um, it's like... Th- Christopher talked about how it was like a sanctuary or like a, a real like lifesaver for an inner city kid, as he puts it, <laughs> to come out here and like <laughs> and actually get to experience something different. And I think that's exactly why Tony shows up because he doesn't have the pool anymore and he's really upset in there in the city. So this is kind of like pool 2.0. Yeah, yeah. And we see... um Uncle Pat, like, when they bring up how he's not drinking, but he's, like, they're, like, supportive about it. And as we see later yeah. on, because Tony, Tony isn't. Um, and then Pat does kind of get, get, starts to remember where the bodies might be as well. Uh, and 
uh, Christopher calls him Johnny Mnemonic, which is uh, one of the references that I did get. Usually I don't. If you haven't watched it, Johnny Mnemonic is a Keanu Reeves movie. I mean, it was a book as well, I guess. But it is so terrible. And it has so many fantastic lines. But I just love imagining Christopher watching that and thinking it's like as good as The Matrix. um, Because it's such a shit like sci-fi thing where the acting's so bad and like so many great lines i've just watched it with my friends and quoted it back and forth because it's definitely worth a watch just for that but i love the idea of of christopher watching Mm -hmm. that and remembering it and referencing it to two people who impossibly could have watched this (laughs) there's no way they know what he's talking about well and yeah that that's a classic like when you want to watch a technology movie where everything sounds so ridiculous like in comparison to our phones and computers we have now because i think they're like his because the whole thing is if you don't know he's a guy with like a hard drive in his brain or whatever very black mirror before black mirror but they're like it's a hundred gigabytes or they might even say 100 megabytes or something something ridiculous (laughs) and they're like oh my god can you believe it anyways that's johnny mnemonic (laughs) yeah it's a really good one oh it's based on neuromancer i Mm -hmm. guess which is like uh yeah, from the eighties, and this is like the not to get too into it, but this uh, this film came out when oh this is the book I'm trying to find exactly when the film version here came out because it was like right before uh, the Matrix. It's from ninety five, and the Matrix is what ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. Uh, yep. Yeah, so it's like within the same decade, yeah. but there's no way you can believe it's the same <laughs> decade watching both of these. Um, and the same actor, obviously. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. Johnny Mnemonic. Good one. Good call, Chris. That's right in line with like how Chris writes and like the movies that he would enjoy, I suppose. So it all fits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that one. We can uh, start the next episode with a Johnny Mnemonic quote, I think, instead of Sopranos, just because. Um, So we get the scene I referenced earlier where Tony is hanging out at uh, Janice and Bobby's place, and Janice is transformed. We already kind of went into this, that that she's actually behaving differently and says it's the best thing ever. Tony says, ah, it's just so people can walk all over you. But uh, she's actually feeling better, and he managed to like get some enthusiasm for it and say like i'm happy for you really like and the thing is it's it's so weird because i think he is but he hates himself and that's the reason he has to do this thing later right yeah he plays it so well because i i I agree i do believe that he's happy uh for her but like they'd hang on him for a minute and yeah he's he's kind of not but it's mostly because he's upset with himself that he can't you know make progress or be like more positive in that in that respect as well because as we've seen his rage has been kind of controlling him i mean throughout the whole show but especially this episode yeah and so the very next scene is him arriving uh there at the at the old orchard uh and the old man's really happy to see him he's like honored that that uh anthony came over yeah he's like almost in tears yeah yeah it's good stuff. Yeah. And they're eating not chili. They're eating, like, I don't know, fruit or whatever, like, nice, hot summertime food. <laughs> uh, meadow. Yeah. Take a lesson from this. Just sitting outside, having a good time. And this kind of, like, there's some red barns in the background. If their house was red, yeah, this would be what Sweden is like. Basically, these <laughs> all of these shots, uh, which is where I'm from, if you're uh, a new listener. Yeah, I, it's, re- it, it, it's nice, too, because everything is very serene. It's very uh, relaxing. Um, and then I think they even have a quick, like a quick cut, right? Like right after the scene where it's just Tony, like enjoying a cigar. And I think this is one yeah. of the classic shots they would always use in, in a lot of the advertising as well. Yeah. Cause it, I, I guess that makes sense. Cause this is one of those scenes, um, or one shot scenes basically that's purely visual. Yeah. And so you can use it cause it's visually good, but it's also like, it doesn't, it's not like it gives anything away. It's just a, a shot that they put away, put together to be a great shot. So it's very much reusable, and it's just hanging on him, enjoying the moment. Next scene, they go and dump more bones, and that's also fun for them, you know? Fun yeah. group activity, followed by a nice, calm, friendly dinner. Yeah, and this is where, you know... Well, it's nice because at first, Tony and Chris are sharing a nice inside joke because, yeah, it's Louise, I believe, because Tony just says she's fat for no reason uh yeah. it's it's and not that I'm, I'm not saying like the writing's bad that he does it 
it does feel very Tony to me. Like uh, he's just being a jerk for some reason. And then it, then they have their moments because Tony B starts making the jokes he's making about Tony, and Chris is laughing a little too hard uh, at them. But then things start to change when now you got the two Tonys ganging up on poor little Christopher. Yeah, and I felt like maybe the first of those jokes that Tony B tells um to to sort of it felt like it was kind of to change the subject because tony starts going like why are you laughing so much or whatever so that's dangerous territory so then he he does some jokes on uh you know on christopher's expense instead uh but then he just keeps going and it's uh yeah it's like you said it's like flashback to when you're a kid basically all they're acting like children and uh, oh yeah he also says like he's uh that he's uh he oh he's drunk that's why he's laughing and it's like did you he, i guess he forgot that he's <laughs> 12 yeah. stepper yeah. as they said but he goes maybe we can take a couple more steps out the door so we could have some fun eh that's how they get into the whole jokey thing and uh and it's a it's a great shot like as the camera's pushing in um and you got now christopher in the middle and you got tony the two tonys on each side and they're kind of going in on him a bit and it's mm-hmm. right back to when they were kids and he's the outsider um, you know, just getting made fun of. And then, and it's even like he tries to, you know, he tries to fight against it by being like, you know, that joke was about you. And then they, but they don't even, they don't even react to it. They just keep making jokes about him. <laughs> and then which he I thought was, I thought that was going to be like a thing. And he yeah. did as well, obviously, which is why it works so well. But, but they're just like, can we have the bill? Oh, Bill, uh, look at the bill on this guy. And, like, the jokes are not very good <laughs> yeah, either, no. let's be honest. <laughs> but oh, it's just mean-spirited. Well, and especially when he's saying, why don't you have a fucking drink? Like, oh, it's such yeah. a bad... Yeah. And especially because the way Tony was, I mean, everyone was with the whole intervention, but the way Tony was about it and even, like, threatening to basically kill him if he didn't get sober. And now Tony's the one saying, why don't you have a fucking drink, mellow out, you know, you and your sweets and whatever like making things real like it's one thing to make some like little harmless jokes about a nose or his big nose or whatever uh but yeah it's it's and it's kind of like a nice precursor to the end of the episode of just yeah tony kind of going too far um and then chris just can't you know yeah like you said he tries to fill tony in on the inside joke that that doesn't work because i guess tony's fine with just ganging up on chris and then he brings up the ichabod crane to (laughs) to tony b and it doesn't quite work i mean it gets kind of a reaction but it doesn't really work either and when chris is driving home in tears like it's so like i'm I'm almost like welling up like imperioli like it he he kills it it's so good and and it's so heartbreaking yeah, that one, that one, and and the morning of like uh, when they come down and sort of a couple of jokes come in. It's not oh, yeah. really anything too bad, but it's like he's got this defeated look because he's been thinking about this dinner all night. He probably didn't sleep. He's been feeling bad, but he's like, okay, I'll I'll just leave it. It's fine. And the next morning, it starts up again, and ah, uh, because it's yeah. like last episode he's like yelling about tony b's got this oh, i'm a f- <laughs> favorite etc but it's like he's mad about it but he's not sad about it <laughs> yeah now this has nothing to do with their mob stuff and being a favorite getting more money or whatever this is all like personal and yeah <laughs> and like you said especially the thing with him drinking when you know i was thinking like tony b was away he doesn't know but uh, he he just heard he was uh, sober just now but then <laughs> i'm like no, he fucking doesn't. They were out in the road, and <laughs> yeah. uh, Tony was about to shoot uh, yeah. Christopher in the head, yeah. and Tony B talked him down, so he knows exactly what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, and then even I was just kind of skimming through that scene. Like, it kind of has to end where they all cheers. Like, And you know Christopher yeah. doesn't want to, but, you know, you have to play <laughs> it up. And then yeah. Tony, before the morning, he has to, he, wa- he catches a news update. How about the shipping containers? The same shipping containers they take advantage of uh, and love that it's not monitored. Now he's very concerned because of terrorism and a dirty bomb. And that kind of spills over into breakfast as well. And Tony's getting upset that no one else is like reacting the same way that he is about it. And he only found out about this because he's 
awake and everyone else is asleep and is asleep and he's flipping through channels and he like he's not absorbing any of it and it's only by random chance and it's it's pretty good acting for someone who's just sitting there watching tv but like it actually like clearly gets to him but this brings to mind the tv scene from earlier where that psychologist who made me laugh a lot was like as any small inconvenience will set them (laughs) off and like it feels like the world is against them and like him talking about the all constant bullshit and all of that and like i just wish he knew what janice knows at this point or at least was willing to implement it even a little bit but no he just lets himself get worked up and like you said that's at uh at breakfast obviously but more so yeah at uh at uh, the bing in the next scene oh and then uh uh tony b does make a crack as to- as tony's going off of, on like the terrorism and because then i think tony like eats a sausage or something and he's like yeah it hasn't yeah. gotten your appetite but even tony yeah. like kind of gives a little sh- head shake and a grin like ah you <laughs> that's a good one yeah <laughs> Exactly. Oh yeah, it gets to like I thought they already dropped a biological weapon because he went like Christopher went to the toilet or whatever. Yeah. So it's, that's yeah. not even that bad. <laughs> but he's just like, all right, I gotta yeah. go. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Ah, mm. uh, and yeah, just like I mean, we already talked about it, but yeah, just it's it's such a great scene. You know, plays out in silence. It's just him driving home, fucking tears swelling up in his eyes. Just you know, you're because everyone can relate because there's still that little. Everyone has that little kid that's still there. Even though you're yeah. an adult, there's that little kid inside, and sometimes it just comes out. Uh, poor Chris. Yeah, no, th- it's like two shots of him driving, and it just makes you well up, or it does with me anyway. Um, yeah, so we get to the Bing, and for all his, like, I mean, Tony had one scene uh, when he was, like, uh, you know, being nice to Janice about the whole thing going on. Like, so he was kind of fighting his angry urges, but every other scene in this, he's just throwing himself into it even more. Um, like, going with the whole thing he said to Melfi, like, nah, nah, that's not for me. Uh, like, I like he, he basically rejects the idea of change in himself. Um, and so we, we also have Vito, uh, the scene starts with Vito, kind of yeah. seems to be looking at a stripper, but then that guy is also there, the guy who's the bartender, so Georgie. it's like... Yes. So with what happened last uh, episode, I feel it it's hinting that he's looking at him because he's in focus and the stripper in the background is not yeah, not you, really important, but yeah. It's all yeah, and it, it's for sure a deliberate cut where we, you know, well first uh, well, I mean first we cut from crying Chris to like an ass <laughs> in the stripper's <laughs> ass. But then it do, it oh, yeah. does cut from the stripper to Vito and now that we know a little bit more about Vito, you start wondering cuz even thinking about how Vito was calling uh, Adriana all the time when Chris was uh, oh, up yeah. in um, a rehab. But, yeah, then we have Georgie there. And as we know, Georgie is a, uh, a common punching bag for Tony and I guess for Ralphie at one point as well. Uh, and then yeah. the two Tonys come in with, like, apples and stuff. And Tony's like, oh, it's a whole different world up there. It's only, you know, like right outside the city. And then he starts going off on his stupid fucking... <laughs> terrorism al-qaeda shit yeah and there's a whole like uh maybe it's just the the one-two punch or like the triple punch of him being really mean to christopher then coming in and yeah he's beaten up georgie before for like nothing but this time it really is nothing like he's Mm. he's just saying like oh you gotta live for the moment yeah like because we all might die and he's like well, you know what? You deserve a glass to the fucking face for that one. Live in this moment, motherfucker. So there's that. And then the next scene, obviously, with Janice. So at the end, I'm like, fuck Tony. <laughs> well, and cause, and then even off of that, like, yeah, he beats him up. He's, like, smashing, like, a cash register draw, like, over his head. Uh, yeah. He's throwing, yeah, glasses off of his head. Money's going everywhere. Um, and every, So this is not... Uh, the work site from last episode where it's like, haha, I knew that was coming. Mm. This is really like our boss is a fucking ticking time bomb that just keeps going off somehow all the time for no reason. And this is like, this is like our boss is a maniac yeah. and like we're one of us is going to die and we're not going to know. This is like <laughs> not just bad for him personally, it's bad for business because he's showing he's definitely not the cool and collected old style mob boss. He's so 
in, like it, this is incompetence to me as well. Like it's it's showing everyone around him that you cannot be honest with him. He he like looked at everyone around him at some point, and he was annoyed that everyone was just kind of laughing at his jokes or whatever, even though they weren't funny and so on. But this is like no, you can't even say the smallest thing around me, or I might like make you deaf in one ear. Yes, yeah. Because then we cut to the next morning. Polly shows up. They throw in this dermatologist callback for some reason. I guess she was in the episode where Tony was getting his mole checked out, the one where he almost had sex with Adriana. Um, It's just kind of like a weird, bizarre thing to have. But, I mean, I guess it's just – because initially I just thought, oh, they went to the hospital and Tony took a nurse home (laughs) after they brought Georgie to the hospital. (laughs) I thought, oh, Valentina got a real job? She's not just selling frames or whatever? But I'm a face-blind person. I'm like, oh, that's definitely not Valentina. Eventually. And then, yeah, um, Polly gives him the news that, yeah, Georgie's probably going to have a permanent uh, hearing loss and he's probably quitting the Bing. Uh, Polly does say something like, but, you know, we told him, like, you know, the don't talk shit or something like that or keep your mouth shut. Or, or Polly does make a line like, that's why I don't talk politics. That's why I don't discuss politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. But he, I think Polly's reaction is interesting because it's like, in his mind, it's like, yeah, so. Tony did this for whatever reason, and, and it's, like, deserved in Tony's mind. But then now, when Tony tries to give him money for it and everything, it's like, I don't know, Tony even realizes he was a fucking idiot or whatever. And it's like, now he's... It's one thing if you're being a, an Id- an asshole beating people up, but then also being wishy-washy about it. Because now Tony, I think, wishes he didn't do it, because obviously it's it's actually pretty bad. And he has to, like, he, he takes out his money to solve this problem, like he solves most problems. Well... No, violence is how he solves most problems, but, like, one way to solve it, just throw money at it to make his guilt go away, which is exactly what he's doing with Tony B as well. Yeah, and plus, like, the other side of it is I don't know if I would trust Polly to give him the money. That's my oh, <laughs> that's yeah. no, my no, only no, no. thing. Or at the very least, he's going to he's gonna wet his beak. Uh, oh, yeah, that's exactly. This is the delivery fee. It's, like, <laughs> 70% or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, okay, so yeah, then we have, uh, kind of the setup to the dinner at first. So Tony shows up and Janice is still doing well. She's actually even doing well with Sophia. She doesn't freak out, but she shows some good parenting skills and how's her not spoiler dinner with a Hawaiian punch. Uh, and what? Yeah. See, Bobby comes in. Oh, she gets a telemarketer. Yes. Yo, tell him to not call you. Like Tony's, uh, Tony's not even. hang up. (laughs) Yeah. Tony's not even the one that answers the phone and he's annoyed. Yeah. No, he's really mad about it because he'll be mad about anything. But And this is just a reminder that she's doing so much better than him because that scene kind of ends with him like watching her like, huh, what? No. Um, and yeah, it gets us well, into... Before that scene, though, scene. actually, did I, oh, I, yeah, I skipped it. There's a quick scene with uh, Carmilla and Rosalie um, April where she just kind of says she told the guys getting back with Tony because she didn't want to give the the dude the satisfaction. But anyways, uh But that that yeah, that scene kind of goes nowhere and it yeah. t- totally invalidates the 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 dumb freeze frame as well because that was kind of like <laughs> like uh you know, don't you forget about me. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, oh yeah, I'm still having a chat though with Rosalie that doesn't go anywhere. So that's <laughs> get freeze frame and then go back to it. Yeah. Uh, but yes, this fucking dinner scene. And this is one of those scenes. I, I've kind of called this out a few times, but when I just think about the Sopranos, there are certain moments that pop up first that kind of like yeah. encapsulate the show. And this is for sure one of them. Uh, just the fact of like laying out your main character the, where he's so miserable that he can't even let someone else have like a little something good for themselves mm-hmm. that he has to ruin it. And just when it goes to him, like, stor- like not storming out, but walking out of the uh, house into the neighborhood by himself. Smiling. Like, and, and, you know, we've joked a lot about having the mother's house be close to Bobby's house, but it's been so convenient with a lot of these things where it makes complete sense that he would just walk. Uh, mm-hmm. So, hey, what a great choice that was uh, a while ago, putting them close together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they're having, like, a nice dinner first as well. Jan's getting compliments on her eggplant, which for once she uh, she actually did cook it. I guess she's picked that up now. Um, yeah. So not getting everything from the store. And Tony's like, yeah, delicious. Wonder if Harpo likes eggplant or whatever, like, really clunkily brings it up. 
Yeah, I wonder where Har- Harpo's having his Sunday dinner. Uh, and then, and plus the fact that you know her her stepkids here, they didn't even know that yeah. she had a son. Like, so it's like a revelation of them. Um, and yeah, just brings it up out of nowhere. Uh, he's then like, it seems like maybe it's going to go away, but then he's like, Oh, he asked the kids if they've heard Harpo's song by Phoebe snow, which I've never even heard of. Uh, I guess it's a 1975 hit. Uh, Oh wait, no, no. Phoebe snow was known for her 1975 hit poetry, man. Uh, Mm, but I, but I believe this song is like even older than that. And it's actually called Harpo's blues. It's not called Harpo's song. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, you can't have them quote or reference anything and do it correctly on the, unless it's Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, they're going to get it wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, well, no, okay. So, no, uh, Harpo's Blues did come out in 75 as well. It, it reached number 20 okay. on the adult contemporary charts. Very good. Um, yeah, so... And so that's, I mean, that's rough in itself, but he, when he goes, like, from the intro, I wonder what French-Canadian is for I grew up without a mother, oh. and that's bad, but then he has to do even worse of going, like... Sacre bleu, he, he goes, sacre bleu, where's me ma? Where's me mama? Where's me mama? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, the most common collected person would freak out at that, um... So yeah, and and Tony's Tony loves that he can get her running around, running uh, after him with a kitchen knife. That he like he's complained about her temper. Her temper has gotten them into trouble. Like it, it, the same way it gets him into trouble. He, there's going to be like a court thing from the you know from the the whole soccer mom thing. He she she killed her ex and they had to fucking clean that yeah. shit up as well and then he's like no i want you down in this fucking pit with me i want to show you're just as bad and it's like his smile as well he's like grinning there as yeah. he's walking out yeah and, and um yeah well because even before that because poor bobby in this situation like yeah because he can't really do anything because tony is his boss uh mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not just a regular job boss. This is a his mob boss. Uh, and, you know, even just the small moment of how, like when the things it's first building up and Tony's bringing up Harpo and kind of Bobby just reaches over and kind of like holds her arm, like just to, yeah. you know, console her a little bit. But Tony has to keep pushing it. Uh, and, yeah, in his smile, it's very reminiscent of uh, Olivia because it, it, like she, she totally laughed at him when he fell down the stairs remember like he falls off the stoop and his gun falls out and then she kind of chuckles uh, yeah. and it's like coming from the same place and I think the Soprano Session book breaks it down a bit as well like the outward rage that they both show like when they're fighting or beating people up that's that's Johnny Boy Soprano that's their father kind of coming out but then, like more moments like this, where you're really pushing someone, is Livia, and kind of they have yeah. that both going on uh, as the Soprano kids. Meanwhile, their <laughs> other sister who moved away, she's doing great, I imagine. I imagine she doesn't have <laughs> yeah, any moments right. like this. <laughs> Her life is like an ABC drama or something. We're over on HBO. We're not having a good time. Um, but yeah, that that is uh, wraps up on the episode. He walks away, and we sort of get the credits coming in. Like it's a wide shot, and it felt. It felt kind of uh, 80s movie style as well, kind of yeah. like in, uh, in the style of uh, Don't You Forget About Me. Them walking away there, and then the credits come up, and we fade down on that. Um, I do. Yeah, so this is a, no, well, in right. this case, I like that choice, though. Like, we, we you know, we're, yeah. we're goofing on the transition because I don't get that at all. But, yeah, it is weird how he, he the shot holds, and then the credits come up over the shot. But I think it completely works because here he is. You know the fucking uh, here's the angry man walking uh, walking alone. He always walks alone or whatever. But uh, yeah, it, it completely the unhappy works. wanderer. Yes, um, and uh, yeah, I actually really liked it. And and it also has that soundtrack, which makes it feel. I think that's why I thought yeah. like '80s stuff because it's like I'm not like anybody else, like yeah. rock music. Yeah. So that's the badass moment that it should have been maybe before with Carmilla of like don't you, but no, it's it's here instead. Um, so it's a really good episode, I think, because it's very. Um, it, it doesn't go off in a lot of different directions. Di- directions. It has like this one thing going on, and even though different characters are involved, it's very collected. And that's what I've been feeling as well with this season in general. Maybe comparing it 
other seasons where stuff is great, but sometimes there'll be an episode where it's like, why are we talking about Christopher Columbus on this storyline? It has yeah. nothing to do with this other storyline. And here it's like, no, nah, this is a fucking story, man. This is yeah. one thing, and we're pulling all the threads together. Don't just watch. Yeah, let me see if I have the clip real quick of... Uh... So mean, dude. It's so mean. Because I, I didn't have it in the intro, so I just I want we have to at least hear it. It's great because if yeah. you look up Harpo's Blues on YouTube, uh, that's the top comment is <laughs> Zachary Blair. Where's me, Mama? And then the second comment is, uh, "All right, make fun of a boy because of his name." Uh, and, and then one of them is, "I'm the boy's uncle." Because that is funny. He does say like when she freaks out, he goes. I'm allowed to ask. I'm the boy's uncle. Like this shitty defense. Like like he yeah. like he has concern or something. Um, but yeah, a lot of these songs, they, if they're on Sopranos, if you ever look them up, all the comments are Sopranos quotes. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> that is fun because uh, usually it's not like they don't do a lot of famous songs on this. Yeah. They don't do "Don't You Forget About Me." They do you know something, and then that, that's why what, what everyone knows that thing from afterwards. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that wraps up on that episode. Uh, we are, like we mentioned, coming up on the ending there of season five. So if you have any thoughts you want to share with us, do send them in. Uh, shows what you know show at gmail.com. Once again, that's shows what you know show at gmail.com. Um, you can also leave your thoughts in a review, like uh, Poppy Doyle did uh, in their review. A lot of fun. Five stars. Uh, they wrote, I've watched The Sopranos several times over, but I'm uh, really enjoying this take. Watching the episodes and then listening to The Insight by Jim and Jacob is great and uh, points out things I either never thought of nor saw. Looking forward to doing this with other shows, which nice. is great because we do great. this with other shows. Yeah, that's a great review. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate that one. Actually, speaking of other shows, uh, we have The Handmaid's Tale coming up. If uh, I think, yeah, a year ago... While we were doing The Sopranos, we would have talked about doing The Handmaid's Tale as well. <laughs> yeah. We've been doing this for a while, Jim. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's back. Are. And so our podcast, Gilead Gazette, where we talk about The Handmaid's Tale, is also back. So you can simply search for Gilead Gazette on your podcast app if you're watching The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. And we also have another review. I don't think we read this one yet, right? Oh, I don't know. They're um, all just so positive. It's hard to tell yeah. them apart. There's one from AMC. This is also a five-star review. Its uh, title is excellent. Really enjoying this podcast. Good discussion regarding insight to the individual episodes from each season. I hope these guys consider another excellent older HBO series to review that may that not many people do. Hint, hint, The Wire. Interesting. Mm. I have seen the... I yes, think you've people- seen The Wire as well, but I will say I haven't seen The Wire in like probably a decade, so... Maybe it would be maybe it would be something in contention uh, if people want to hear that. Maybe it's something worth checking out. Yes, we've both watched it, which um, I think it really adds something to our take on The Sopranos that we can do it this way where I haven't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, The Wire is a good one. People have also recommended Mad Men uh, or a- requested Mad Men rather. Uh, I think I would kind of rather do The Wire because Mad like. It's a very varied show over the seasons. Mad Men has its unique qualities as well, but a lot of the episodes I feel would be, you know, stuff. Ha- there's stuff happening in it, but it's not, I don't know. It, it's been covered by more podcasts, I would bet, as well than The yeah. Wire. So, because uh, yeah. people were live podcasting at that point, there were no live podcasts of The Wire. So, <laughs> thank you for that suggestion. We will bear it in mind. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So. Good stuff. Uh, I'm excited to finish up this season and get started with six season six A soon before we get oh, yeah. into season six B. But yeah, we still we're coming down to to the wire. Uh, <laughs> but we still got a lot of episodes left. We still got quite a journey to go with Tony Soprano. So uh, come along for the ride. Absolutely. And if you're bored in between episodes, there's always jimandthem.com for Jim's other podcast. Awesomepedia.org is where you find my work in general. By work, I mean things I do when I'm not working, um, such as making podcasts and videos and things like that. Uh, If you like Game of Thrones, (laughs) I mean, if you liked Game of Thrones, we do have a podcast on that as well. You can find all of our discussions at showswhatyouknow.com. What else, Jim? I think there might be one last thing. There's one last thing. Cut to black. (laughs) 